This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Labor Department's Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs is little known outside the world of federal contracting, but it looms large there. Now, to help companies and employees with the myriad of issues that come up, it has established an ombuds service, a sort of one-stop shop for labor law issues. Joining me with details, the ombudsman himself, Marcus Sturgio. Mr. Sturgio, good to have you on. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Let's begin with the OFCCP itself. As I said, I think probably it's good to remind people what it does and where it lives within the Labor Department. OFCCP is a federal agency, as you said, within the Department of Labor, and it's a civil rights enforcement agency focused on you know, holding those who do business with the federal government accountable for complying with affirmative action and non-discrimination legal requirements. So more specifically, it is the uh, the workplaces of federal contractors and subcontractors in which OFCCP promotes diversity and enforces laws which protect employees from discrimination. Uh, so discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, disability, or status as a protected veteran. All right. And there's a process that kind of led up to the establishment of this new service, the Ombud Service. Give us a little bit of the background there. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think important also to add to what OFCCP does uh, kind of leading into the recent history is that uh, the agency conducts a series of compliance evaluations to essentially review a contractor's affirmative action plans and equal employment opportunity data to ensure that contractors are hiring, compensating, and promoting without discriminating against protected classes of workers. And there's also a separate angle of OFCCP's enforcement of legal requirements, which allows for the employees of federal contractors themselves to file a complaint of discrimination if they feel they've identified instances of individual discrimination. So those two mechanisms, I think, are important to understand in terms of the primary angles upon which OFCCP evaluates the practices of employers and and also focuses heavily on providing compliance assistance so that contractors have the tools they need to prevent instances of noncompliance and operate workplaces which do promote diversity and equal employment opportunity. So with that understood, the, the recent history, you know, something I've learned in my nine months with the agency is that OFCCP listens very closely to the contractor community in terms of feedback received. And the, the recent feedback has been that the agency needs to review and enhance contractor compliance assistance. So increase transparency, engage in more transparent and effective communication with external stakeholders. And that advice was reiterated by the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, through recommendations that GAO made to the agency in 2016. So as you might imagine, you know, there, there's this fear that exists among the contractor community when, you know, they feel the need to raise concerns or request that issues be addressed uh, by the same federal enforcement agency who reviews their employment practices. So, you know, the Ombud sure. Service really the agency's answer to those recommendations. It's uh, a, com- a confidential and neutral resource. Uh, and I, as ombudsman, am independent of front office or senior leadership at the agency, um, um, a more informal uh, procedure that strives to you know, be an outlet for contractors to seek resolution of their concerns about OFCCP. We're speaking with Marcus Sturgio. He's the ombudsman in the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs at the Labor Department. And how will this work? How will people contact the ombudsman or the use the ombud service? Will they 
pick up the phone and say, give me Sturgio? Or do you have some other inbound ways for people to ask questions? So a little bit of both. You know, contacting me is also informal. I have no preference for how people get in touch with me. Folks can, as you said, pick up the phone and give me a call. Although, you know, I I think that seems like more of an old school approach these days. So, you know, people have a, a couple... Uh, platforms they can utilize. Um, they can send me an email and set up a near future time to have a phone conversation. Um, and we've also created an online referral form that people are able to fill out and, uh, and submit online through the OFCCP website, which gathers data, you know, basic information about the issue they are seeking assistance regarding. Um, you know, I think important to note is that regardless of how someone's preference uh, for contacting me might be, something I immediately will be interested in is having a phone conversation with that person so I can better understand the issues from their perspective, help to diagnose the root causes of the conflict, and explore with them what they'd like to see happen moving forward, what their goals for resolution might look like. And from there, we can either continue working one-on-one, strategizing and coming up with a solution that works for them, or if they're comfortable with my doing so, I can invite other interested parties to the dispute and facilitate dialogue, set up an informal mediation between all of those involved to allow them to come up with something that kind of works mutually for for all of those, you know, to to a dispute. And can contracting officers, that is to say the federal side, contact you if they suspect something wrong going on with a contractor? Yeah, you know, people can always call me and, and discuss concerns they have, you know, concerns along those lines. But I think that's a good example of something I would I would refer elsewhere by talking through what I can and can't do with that person um, and helping them realize a more appropriate avenue for having their concern about the contractor addressed. And I say that because, you know, the missing component in that scenario is OFCCP. So my involvement is specifically when there are issues which exist between OFCCP and a federal contractor. Uh, or OFCCP and a complainant who's filed an individual discrimination complaint, Um, or even an anonymous complaint which highlights an issue that someone from the contractor community has about OFCCP. That, too, I can be an an effective outlet for addressing because I, as ombuds with with the the independents I operate within, um, can put the agency on notice of this, this concern and provide recommendations that might help to address the concern that exists. So, Yeah, well, those are, let's say, the more ideal situations for the Ombud Service to be involved. Back to your original question, if people are unsure uh, about whether or not it's a good referral for the Ombud Service, I say go ahead and contact me because I can always, if not help directly, have a conversation with someone and brainstorm whose jurisdiction their issue might fall within. Now, people at other types of employers would normally go to the EEOC or in the case of the federal government itself, to the Office of Special Counsel, but that wouldn't apply to outsiders. So what about the EEOC and its role? Does this exist alongside that, or would you refer a case there if you felt it would be helpful? Yeah, good question. So EEOC and and OFCCP are similar in many ways, Um, but what this is really, you know, the, the OFCCP is an outlet for those employees who seek remedies relevant to individual discrimination within the workplaces of specifically federal contractors and subcontractors, whereas EEOC's jurisdiction is much larger because it's not just operating with and around federal contractors and subcontractors. But the two agencies, you know, are very much in contact, collaborate as much as is possible because it is really, uh, you know, the legal requirements that we're looking at are pretty much identical in terms of what it is that we're enforcing within the workplaces of, of employers. And how did you come to this work? 
so my background is as a conflict resolution practitioner. I spent many years before coming to the agency as a mediator, as an arbitrator, as a, a trainer, um, you know, providing conflict management and mediation and negotiation trainings. And uh, I was always interested more specifically in workplace and employment dispute resolution. And, and ombuds work is, is, uh, is essentially that, you know, whether you're an internal ombuds or an external ombuds like I am now with OFCCP, uh, I'm helping people work through equal employment opportunity issues, and it's it's work that uh, I really enjoy. So so that's why I'm here. And how busy has the hotline been so far? You know, the the program was officially launched just about two weeks ago. I had already handled, I think at that point it was 28 referrals, um, which you know I thought was a pretty good number for you know considering the fact that not everyone knew I was available to to help with referrals yet but that number has more than doubled in the last couple of weeks so so it's a it's a welcome sign that you know people are are comfortable reaching out and utilizing the service and what i'm really focused on now is just making sure that that comfort level continues to build because again this is a civil rights enforcement agency so not everyone is traditionally comfortable coming forward and expressing concerns, but I, you know, I'm focused on educating and getting the word out there about how I can be helpful and that it is a confidential resource so that people should, should feel, you know, like that, that trust is there, you know, with, with utilizing my services. Marcus Sturgio is the ombudsman in the office of federal contract compliance programs at the labor department. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. We'll post this interview along with a link to the Ombuds homepage at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.